Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to welcome you back to the program again and thank you for staying with us over the continuation of this series on Roadmap to Reformation. And I, I'm thankful for television because I, I don't ever have uh, the same audience every week at the same time when I'm traveling. So I'm able to put some stuff out here that can be studied. Even uh, people are studying these, uh, uh, these videos in their Bible studies, or uh, there are some networks of churches that are using these videos as part of their understanding of Reformation and where we're at in this season. I trust you're being blessed by them. I sometimes feel like I almost want to apologize for taking so long to unpack some of these things, but I want to get these details out that I can't normally get. So I want to do one more yet on the horse gate. And I want to talk about the horse gate. And of course, we read to you from Nehemiah chapter 3 that they built the horse gate. And then from Jeremiah 31, the horse gate is mentioned in the context of the new covenant. The horse gate was the gate that Jesus entered into in His triumphal entry when He came into the city of Jerusalem in fulfillment of Zechariah 9, verse 9, which was prophesied in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. Zechariah was a prophet who was working as a contemporary to encourage them in the work of the building of that temple and that city. And as I have already shared, I think, plenty well enough over former weeks, is that it's a picture of the greater Son of David and the greater fulfillment of the greater temple, which is the Lord Jesus Christ comes to build, and the city of God, the community of faith that we are a part of. It's a part of an ongoing reformation. And so we, we kind of shared that connection with you, how that these are connected through all of these verses. It's, it, it would behoove you sometimes when you're reading these stories, and it's when he says, to fulfill the words of the prophets, to see which prophet spoke it what it was in the context of. Because Psalm 118 comes into play. Psalm 8 comes into play. Isaiah comes into play. All of these uh, prophets spoke of this whole messianic fulfillment, and they give you a bigger picture of what is really taking place here. But I want us to go into this one again. And let me just say very quickly that if you missed any of these, we archive everything that we air on our YouTube channel, and you can watch them at your leisure on demand. And also, we put the audio portions of this that you can stream it in your car while you're driving back and forth to work or on a trip, and you can just uh, you know, listen to these things. And you can get them, uh, our podcast. Go to our podcast and sign up. It's for free. Uh, and also, there's an RSS feed for your Android device. The easiest way to do any of those, YouTube, podcast, and RSS feed, is to go to my website, and up in the upper right-hand corner, there is a direct link that will take you to our channel, our podcast, and to the audio feed, so you can download them and kind of even come back and see some uh, things that we've shared before, because these things are powerful, and you're not going to get them all in one, one setting. But I want to come back and talk about, uh, again, how that this pictures the new covenant. Jeremiah declared a new covenant, I will make with the house of Israel. And then right on the heels of that, he mentions the horse gate. 
It's because Jesus rides into Jerusalem through the horse gate, not on a war horse, but on a colt, the foal of an ass, in fulfillment of Zechariah chapter 9 that says, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and lowly, riding upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And he says, Return to me, you prisoners of hope, because of the blood of your covenant. He's talking about a new covenant. In that same context, well, let me go ahead and read this. He talks about the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner, and I connected that, showed you how that connected to Zechariah 4, that the cornerstone would be laid with shouts of grace, grace to it, and that the mountain that stood before Zerubbabel, who are you great mountain that stands before Zerubbabel? He said, it's the word of the Lord that says it's not by might or by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, and you will be moved, and the mountain will be removed with shouts of grace, grace to it. And I showed you in the last segment that that mountain is Mount Sinai, and Jesus says in Matthew 21, right after he rides into Jerusalem on a colt, the foal of an ass, you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. And I showed you in Revelation how that that mountain was Mount Sinai, the old covenant, and it was cast into the sea, a great mountain burning with fire. It's the same mountain that's in Hebrews, the 12th chapter. He said, for you did not come to blackness and darkness or the mount that burned with fire, that says if you touch the edge of the mountain, you'll be thrust through with the dark. That was Mount Sinai. But he goes on to say, you did not come to that mountain, but you've come to the, you have come to Mount Zion. You've not come to Sinai. You've come to Mount Zion. You've come to the city of the living God. So old covenant, Mount Sinai is removed. The old mountain is cast into the sea. Old covenant Jerusalem is being re removed and new covenant Jerusalem is coming on the scene. Mount Zion, we are moving from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. They are shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which means save us now, save us now. He quotes out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And uh, he talks about the removing of the fig tree, which is a symbol again of natural Israel and that old covenant system of religion that can only cover a front. Remember, Adam covered his nakedness with a fig leaf. Jesus curses that fig tree and says fruit will not has never grown on you. It will never grow on you. And then he talks about he had a vineyard. He let it out to husbandmen. He sent the servants to see how the vineyard was doing, and they killed some of them. They stoned others. Last but not least, he said he sent his son to see how the vineyard was doing, and they killed the son of the owner of the vineyard. I mean, if you can't see this fulfillment, I mean, you would think, and the, the scripture says that the scribes and Pharisees knew he was talking about them. These people knew these scriptures. They knew these pictures better than you and I do. They knew these are, these are fulfillments of prophetic words, but they ignored that so that the vineyard was taken from them and given to a nation producing the fruit. Thank God that we're a part of that holy nation, and we have received our king, and we shout, Hosanna in the highest, save us now. Now I want to just get a few pieces of this and then I'm going to, I'm going to try to wrap this section up on it. But uh, I want to go back to uh, Matthew 21. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, this is verse 1, they were come to Bethage unto the Mount of Olives. They then sent Jesus to disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you. Straightway you will find an ass tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. If any man say aught unto thee, you shall say the Lord has need of him and straightway he was sending. And this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. 
And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded and brought the ass and the colt and put them on their clothes and set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. The multitudes that went before and followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come nigh unto Jerusalem, the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And so uh, those are all scriptures that were fulfilled that I showed you last week. Now, I want, to, I want to go to Mark 11 and read this same text again and show you something else in this. And when they had come nigh to Jerusalem, this is Mark's version of it, unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent us forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied, whereon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you this? Say you, The Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door. This is the reason I wanted to read this, is to show you that the colt was tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. And they loose him, and certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let him go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him and sat upon him. Many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches of the trees and strawed them in the way. And they went before, and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked around about upon all things, now the eventide was come. He went out to Bethany with the twelve and again, he curses a fig tree here in the same context. But I want you to see this part here. He came to a place where there is a colt tied by the door at a place where two ways meet. I really believe that these, we, you see in Matthew 21, it says the colt and the foal of an ass. So you have the mother and a colt. Zacharias says the same thing. But what I want you to see is there's a donkey by the door. And now if I were going to title this, I would title it, There's a Donkey at the Door. And there's a donkey at the door at a place where two ways meet. And these two ways that are before us still, here's what's tragic. We are 2,000 years into the New Covenant, and I still have to preach a message to try to convince you to change horses. Because some people are tied to an old covenant paradigm. I don't know if fear keeps us tied there. The need to control people keeps us tied there. Uh, the, the, the love for rules that keeps us tied there. I don't know what it was. I think what kept these religious Pharisees and scribes tied to it is because they controlled and manipulated the people by keeping them tied at a place where two ways meet. I hear the Spirit saying, why halt ye between two opinions? Because what happens is, is we're going to have to decide at some point that we're going to dismount from that old covenant donkey. To me, the mother speaks of the vehicle that's been ridden for a long time. 
And the young donkey speaks of the new covenant, the vehicle whereon never a man sat before, a new and living way. I can't help but think about the, the movie that my grandkids love. They like that there's one called The Star, if you saw it, where there's a donkey that's in this treadmill and he's treading out this cornmeal and he's rolling around in circles and going around in circles and a chariot rolls by a big old white horse and it's carrying the king, it's carrying the Roman emperor. And that donkey says, boy, someday it's my dream to carry a king. And if you follow that movie, what happens is you see that it finally Jesus is in the stable where this young donkey is at, and he's born in a manger. And this donkey is carrying Mary into the city and escape from uh, the Roman emperor. And so what happens is he carries a king, and he's not even aware of the fact that he got to carry a king. And sometimes I think we are we don't realize that in our meek and lowliness, that sometimes that's where the king is at more than so. As I showed you before, he doesn't come on a war horse. He comes on a donkey. He comes on meek and lowly, somebody that gets loose enough to carry the king and his kingdom. And I would ask you today, as you watch this final message on the horse gate, what's got you tied by the door? What's got you tied up there? What keeps you in that bondage that makes you keep going around in that religious treadmill? Why don't you realize you have the opportunity to carry a king? But what I want you to do is see something else in this as well. I want you to see that he's tied by the door. And I want to show you what door I believe this is. Let's go, if you will, to Revelation, the third chapter. And he's speaking here to the church at, I believe it is, uh, verse 7. It says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. Remember in Mark and Matthew, he says, he talks about, the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It is fulfillment of a messianic psalm that says, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It is a fulfillment of the messianic. This is the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. They're singing to the son of David. And he said, he goes on to say, he has the key of David. He openeth and no man shuts and show no man, and he shuts and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee, watch this, an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they're Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before me, and 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 to know that I have loved thee. I see. I think this kind of fits in as well. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue, which say they're Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. In other words, the, the Jew is you, according to Romans chapter 2. He's not a Jew which is one outwardly, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly. I think whether you're a synagogue of God or a synagogue of Satan depends on who lives inside of you. That's why I believe Jesus came into the city on this donkey to clean house. You you have made my house a den of thieves, and your my house is going to be called of all nations the house of prayer. He's coming to open a new temple. Now watch this. He said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell on the earth. That hour of temptation came in A.D. 70 with the destruction of that old temple. He said, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcomes, watch this. Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, 
which is new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So here's a donkey tied by the door. What door is that? That door is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in the Gospel of John, as a matter of fact, this book uh, I have uh, right here that you need to get this book. This is my newest book called The Great I Am. One of the I Am's, Jesus says it seven times in the Gospel of John. He says, I am the door by me. I'm the door into the sheepfold. There's no other way except to, he's the door. If you're tied at a place where two ways meet, if you think your ethnic background or your religious performance is going to get you into the sheepfold, you are missing the point. Jesus cursed that fig tree. Jesus cursed that system and said, no fruit has ever grown on it. It will never grow on it. The only way into the covenants of promise is to come through the door, which is Jesus, and quit stopping at a place where two ways meet and decide which covenant you are going to live in the old or the new covenant, because they're standing before us. See, this is a first century church at Philadelphia, and everything he writes to them, uh, matter of fact, and, this, uh, and I know it looks like I'm advertising books, but I've got a lot of this stuff in printed form. This book, The Revelation of Jesus Christ, that we're just getting ready to release a second edition of, what we do is we talk about in every one of these seven churches, there was something they had to repent or change the way they thought about in order to enter into a new covenant, because everything he promises the overcomer is something from the new covenant kingdom of God. Because he's standing in this church at Philadelphia, and he's saying, there's a door open before you, and there's that no man can shut. I want to give you the key of David. I'm telling you, man, when they came into the city, they began to cry out, son of David, save us now. And so the reality of it is, is this is the key of David, the salvation that comes through Jesus that opens the door into the new covenant. And then he says, if you will overcome, I'll make you a pillar in the temple of my God. You'll go no more out, and then I'll write upon you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Now, please remember, Ezra and Nehemiah, they're they're coming out of Babylon, and they're rebuilding the temple in the city. I showed you in prior segments that Revelation 17, that Babylon... In her was found the blood of all the martyrs. Jesus points the finger at Jerusalem in Matthew 23 and said, You're the ones who killed the prophets and stoned them that are sent to you, that in you is found the blood of all the martyrs from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zacharias. So he points to Jerusalem, the centerpiece of Judaism, and he's, ta- and he's calling that the great harlot Babylon, because that city will be destroyed in AD 70 by the Romans, and this temple that he's cleansing will be destroyed as well. But when he destroys that temple, then immediately a temple that's made out of lively stones comes on the scene, which is you and I, and a city of God, which is not a place, but a people. It's the bride, the Lamb's wife. Old Jerusalem fades, and new Jerusalem comes on the scene. An old temple is destroyed, and Jesus brings forth the new temple. Can you see the, the powerful pictures of restoration that we see as we draw this imagery from Ezra, Nehemiah, and see how they tied that in with Zechariah, pointing to your king is coming to you, riding upon a colt, the full of an ass. And he's standing there with the donkey at a door that's open. And he's saying, if you open, if you just step through this door, I'm going to make you the new temple. I'm going to make you the pillar in the temple of God. I'm going to make you the city of God. And then he goes on into the next ch- uh, church and says unto the angel of the church at Laodiceans, write these things, saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. 
I would that thou wert cold or hot, so that because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment. Thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness did not appear, and to anoint thine eyes with eye sap, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Here again, we have a door. We have him saying to a church, I want you to either be hot or cold. I think you could preach it like this. Hot, new covenant. Cold, old covenant. If you've got a mixture, you're lukewarm. You can't have it both ways. You've got a coat tied by a door at a way where two ways meet. Multitudes in the valley of decision. Somebody's listening to me today who's going to decide to change horses. You're going to dismount the old covenant donkey, and you're going to get on the one never a man sat before. You're going to ride in on the new, and you're going to see this new covenant, this new temple, this new city of God, because it's a door that no man can shut. Jesus says to them, he invites them into the new covenant. And when he does, when he invites them into the new covenant, he says to them, if any man, I'm standing at a door. Once again, there's a door. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come into him and will sup with him. This to me speaks of the covenant meal. This is the same meal that he ate the night before his decease when he took the, the lamb and the cup, and he said, this bread is my body which is broken for you. It was the inauguration of the new covenant. It was the new covenant meal. It was the blood of the new covenant. Everything about this is screaming new covenant. I will come into him and will sup with him. I'm going to open the door to the new covenant, and the door to that new covenant comes through the blood of the new covenant and through the supper of the covenant meal. And he says, to him that overcomes, I'll grant him to sit with me in my throne, even as I'm overcoming and sit down with my father in his throne. And uh, then he opens the door, and the chapter after that says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened. It's the same door that for the last two churches he's given them opportunity to enter. He said, after this I looked, Revelation 4, verse 1, and there was a door opened in heaven. In other words, the opportunity to enter into the new covenant. And what does he see when the door is open? A throne. The same throne he's promising this church, if you overcome, guess what? You can sit with me in my throne. If you eat the covenant meal, the inauguration of the new covenant, it will open a door to you to sit with him in his throne. Say it another way. Because of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life by one Christ Jesus. And so it's the abundance of, of grace that brings us into the reigning and the ruling that this throne speaks of, into the kingdom of God. He said, I saw a door open. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven and there was a throne set and a rainbow around the throne in sight like unto an emerald. All of those are symbols of the new covenant. The throne speaks of his kingdom the door is the door into the new covenant, and the rainbow is very clearly a symbol of the covenant. You say, where you get that from? Genesis, where when God made a covenant with Noah, he set his bow in the cloud, 
And he sets that bow in the cloud and says, never again will I ever be, uh, I, never again will I ever be wroth with you or will I destroy the earth after this fashion again. It speaks of a covenant. I tell you, I believe there's a door open. I, I don't know that, I mean, there's just so much to this that I just wished I could do it without having to cut in 30 minute segments. But I would ask you today, if you're a donkey by the door, here's what the Lord would say. I have need of you. I, I, I feel like I'm, spe- spe- excuse me. I feel like I'm specifically speaking to leaders today. And I want to say to you prophetically, the Lord has need of you. Loose them and let them go. I, I want to speak to leaders that you speak to your people and say, loose them and let them go. You see, what happens is when you loose them from the door that's got them, when you loose them to enter into the door of the new covenant, we're afraid sometimes if we loose people, they're going to go haywire or they're going to go crazy. But see, I'm not talking about loosing them so they can ride off like a wild donkey. I'm talking about so loose them so that Jesus, the only one who can ride on an ass whereon never a man sat before, is going to ride into the city. When Jesus becomes the rider on the horse, he rides into a gate of righteousness and says, I'm going to save you now. Hosanna in the highest. Save us now. There's a door that's open. I don't know about you, but I want to hear his voice and open the door. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you riding upon an ass, the colt, the full of an ass. He's got a new vehicle. He's going to loose you. That's a place where two ways meet. And when he comes riding into the city, the city was moved and it was an earthquake. And Jesus starts to heal the sick. He starts to open the eyes of the blind and they say, who is this? They certainly should have known. And Jesus begins to prophesy to him, say, this is going to be taken from you because you've taken this house. You've made it a den of thieves. But I'm going to raise up another house, and it's going to be made out of lively stones that are fitly framed together. And it's going to be a city built on 12 foundations with 12 gates, just like Nehemiah's. It's going to be built on the foundation, though, of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being chief cornerstone. And Zechariah said the cornerstone will be laid with shouts of grace, grace to it. The mountain is removed with shouts of grace, grace. That mountain I showed you in a prior segment is Mount Sinai and it was replaced with Mount Zion. For you have come to Mount Zion, and you've come to the city of the living God. You've come through the horse gate. Let's ride in on this new thing. Let's untie them, loose them, and let them go. We're out of time. I trust you've enjoyed this segment on the horse gate. We'll pick up on another one next week. And uh, thank you for joining us. If you'd like to partner with us, help us to take this kind of gospel around the world, Please call the number on the screen. If you don't get an answer, please leave a message. If you don't leave a message, they won't return your call, but we have a limited staff. But if you'd like a return call, they will return it. The easiest way to do is go to our website, and there is a place where it says give, and you can give a one-time gift, or you can give uh, a monthly. You can sign up for a monthly debit that will automatically come out of your credit card or your uh, your debit card. It goes through PayPal, so you can go down through there, and you're, it's a secure way to give. You can also send a check or money order to the address that will come on the screen and write your check to Lynn House Ministries. We appreciate all you do to help us take the gospel around the world. Thank you. God bless you. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. 
In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant. For instance, they thought Moses and the law was the door into the sheepfold, but Jesus said to them, I am the door. They thought that Israel was the true vine, but Jesus said to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. As you read the pages of this book, you will discover that Jesus removed the covenant of death and replaced it with the covenant of life. Get your copy of the book, The Great I Am, today.